Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Would you like to experience the authentic love of God? Most of us would answer yes, but you might say, how do I get there? Thankfully, the night before the cross at the Last Supper, Jesus is explaining this to the apostles and to us as well. So far in John chapter 15, Jesus has been talking about abiding in Him or staying close to Him. Now, in one sentence, Jesus gets very specific with us on how to stay close and in His love. He also explains how we can avoid being detached from Him. To learn more, let's join Pastor Jim in part one of his message, Experiencing the Authentic Love of God. Well, I just want to read the verse again, Jesus speaking, John 15, 10. He says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And the title of our message today is Experiencing the Authentic Love of God. Well, let's just say that I wanted to sell you what I said to you was a very, very valuable coin. And I showed it to you, and you looked at the top at the inscription, you thought, wow, this really looks valuable and, and, and old and quite unique. And, and then you flipped it over, and it only had one side written on it. It was a one-sided American coin. Would you buy it? Now, if you are into coin collecting, by the way, the name of the study of coins is numismatics. So if you're a numismatician, however they call themselves, uh, you might be wondering, is it an error in coin production? And when there are errors in coin productions, like double stampings on a coin and stuff like that, those can be worth a lot of money. But if it wasn't that, you would just say to me, this coin is a fraud, it's worthless, and if you bought it, you know, you would feel ripped off. But that's what happens to a lot of Christians when it comes to the way that they live. It's easy to be ripped off by this, by bad teaching and by bad information, Interestingly enough, it happens in the realm of the way we live, and the way we live actually relates to our experience of the love of God. Believe it or not, true joy in the Christian life is intricately intertwined with our way of life, which includes, when we're living according to the Word of God, a deep-down assurance that we belong to Jesus but that's not legalism. That's, we're not saved by the way that we, we live. It's an indicator that we are saved. We're not sinless, but Lord willing, we start to sin less. And now if somebody's piling on a bunch of ridiculous rules, that's another subject for another day. That is legalism. And this is nothing new that our relationship with God is intertwined with the way we live. That's the way it went in the Garden of Eden. When Adam and Eve obeyed the Lord... They were happy. When they did not obey the Lord, they had what we might call self-inflicted consequences. So in Jesus, light of Jesus' words, let's set the scene. It's the night before the cross. The Last Supper is over. And Jesus is giving his last instructions to his apostle before he dies on the cross and rises from the dead, which would, you know, it's like anything else. If you have last-minute instructions, there's, you know they're, they're really, really important. 
And in John 15, he is critical to understanding the Christian life, this passage that we've been in for the past few weeks. And he's talking about being close to him, and he uses the illustration of a vine, or a grapevine, if you will, and a branch, which is an offshoot. So Jesus is the vine, we are the branch, and we are to abide, we are to remain attached to Jesus. And uh, we looked at chapter 15, verses 9 through 11. I just want to read them again. Jesus said, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Verse 10, our focus for today, he says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And then he closed up this section, verse 11, These things, what things? The things from verses 1 through 10. So verse 11 is kind of a summary. I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Now, sometimes we talk about in the Bible about something called sandwiching. Some people call it bracketing, but, you know, I like food, so I'll I'll call it sandwiching, where you have the two pieces of bread and the meat in the middle. So if you take verses 9 through 11, which are different than verses 1 through 8, you have the, the, the bread would be verses 9 and 11, and then the meat would be verse 10. That means that verse 10 is also the last of these things. So let's read it again. If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So Jesus says that, then he summarizes verses 1 through 10 before Jesus moves into the practical expression of this teaching. Jesus is teaching us that we can continually enjoy his love, but our part, remember there's God's part and there's our part, We said that this was our greatest responsibility probably as a Christian. Our part is to abide in the vine, which means our part is not to become detached from the vine. So how do we become detached? I just want to say something from the outset to to, let us admit something. We often don't know when we're detached. That's That's a big part of the problem is... Detaching is sometimes a a major event, but other times it sort of slowly happens over time. And as we'll see when we look through verse 10 more carefully, when people are not following the word of God, they are detached. Even if they say to you, and I call this one of the Christian smoke screens, they're disobeying the word of the Lord, and this is what they say to you, I have a peace about it. I'm like, no, 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 no. That actually gives me nightmares. And and you think, oh, well, you know, what can I say to that? Loved ones, if you love the person you're talking to, you got to press into that. It's just like people say to you, "Uh, well, the Lord told me. And you're like, well, how can I trump what the Lord told you? Loved ones, sometimes with people who are doing things that are not in keeping with the word of God, you have to press into it. And, you know, really, the demonst- it is a demonstration of love. It's a scary place to be, to disobey the word of the Lord and to be able to say, 
I have a peace about it. It's a very bad place to be. You say, well, why is that so bad? Remember the, the Jesus' sober warning in verse six of this chapter, John 15, six. He said, if anyone does not abide in me, if anyone is not attached to me, remember the vine and the branches, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. Remember we said he's not, he's not a branch, he's just a stick. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. And that would be symbolic of hell. That would mean that some, Jesus is saying that if you're not attached to him, he's saying he's the, another way of him saying he's the only way to heaven, which he's already said in, at the last supper. Jesus is saying, if you're not attached to me, you're not going to go to heaven. However, here in our verses, that we're, the verse we're looking at, in, in thinking about experiencing the authentic love of God, I mean, you can say you know the love of God, but if you want to experience the authentic love of God, it's directly related to Jesus' words, abide in my love. And abiding is a mark of a true believer. Abiding is a mark of a true follower of Jesus, and abiding is being connected and staying close to Jesus. It is learning from Jesus. It is resting in Jesus. It is following Jesus. It is serving Jesus, and it is trusting in Jesus. Quite simply, abiding is being constantly aware, and I, I realize there's other things we do throughout the day and we, we kind of lose track of it, but we're generally coming back to it at some point. Abiding is being constantly aware of Jesus' love for me, for you, and doing our best with God's help to live a cross-centered life, a life that gives up its rights, a life that serves God because we are not our own. We were bought with a price, the scripture tells us, and so we live that cross-centered, sacrificial for God life out of the love that Jesus has for us. So we abide when his word is our passion and keeping his commands are our delight. Let me repeat that so we, we understand. We abide when his word is our passion and keeping his commands are our delight. Why? Because we are in Jesus' love. The book of Jude only has one chapter, so you could just say Jude verse 21 or Jude one twenty one says this. Keep yourselves in the love of God looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now look at the beginning that he says, keep yourselves in the love of God, or the idea is stay in the love of God. So the idea is the same thing as, as Jesus was telling us at the beginning of this chapter. It's something we have to be intentional about. It just doesn't happen on its own. It's something that we are keenly aware of that we need to be constantly abiding in Christ. Now, would you like an example of someone who abides in Christ? I have a perfect example. Sorry, it's not you and it's not me. It's Jesus. He's the perfect example of, of 
someone who was abiding in the Father's love, and if you don't believe me, read the Gospels and, and just really say to yourself, I'm going to focus on how Jesus is abiding in the Father's love. On earth, Jesus was one with the Father. He said, I and my Father are one. Jesus knew that God the Father's love was upon him, and Jesus abided in his Father's love by staying close to his Father, basically 24-7. And so here in verse 10, Jesus is teaching us that there's a connection between the experience of of Jesus' love and obeying the word of God. Let's look at verse 10 again. Jesus says, if you. Very important terminology. If you keep my commandments, if you do that, result, you will abide in my love. And then look what he says. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. So there's there's a comparison there, a correlation there. You abide in my love, you keep my commandments, and you'll be abiding in my love the same way I did with my father. It's almost like Jesus is telling the apostles, and remember the apostles are representative disciples, so that Jesus is telling us that the secret sauce of abiding and experiencing God's love is, as Jesus said, to keep my commandments. John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, do whatever you want. No, that's not what he said. If you love me, keep my commandments. Very interesting. Notice verse chapter 14, verse 15, and our verse today, chapter 15, verse 10, both begin with the words, if you. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, if you're really into this topic of abiding, much of the letter of 1 John, that's what it's about. 1 John 2, 6 says this, he who says, and we can say whatever we want about our faith, he's going to say, you might say this, but this is how we know it's real. He who says he abides in him. So somebody who says they're a follower of Jesus ought himself to walk just as he walked. In other words, if we're going to say that we're a follower of Jesus, we ought to ourselves walk or live the way Jesus did in abiding in his love. So once again, we have one of those two-sided coins. Our response to Christ's love proves our love or not for him. And the other side is, that when we respond in obedience to Christ's love, you flip the coin over and it keeps us in his love. You, You might think of it this way. Our obedience is an expression of our love and it also enables us to experience the authentic love of God. Not just that, well, God loves everybody kind of thing. Now, there's something I want us to be very, very careful of. When it says here, if you, that might make it sound to some of you something like this. Well, if you mess up, you're out of heaven. Don't come back. It's too late. It's too late. Uh, Let's think about that. 
I think it's better to think of it this way, and we just said it, and we're just going to reword it a couple different ways, that our obedience is a result of the experience of Jesus's love for us and our loving him in return. So he loves us. The scripture says he loved us before we loved him. And then we experience his love and then we respond to him in return. So again, our our obedience is a two-sided coin. Our obedience is on the one side empowered by the love of God, empowered by the grace of God. So that's one side of the coin. And you flip over the other side and it is empowered by our gratitude to him, by our love for him, by our desire to live for him. So so God's part is his love and his grace. Our part is the desire to respond to that love with gratitude. And here's the truth of the matter, is that those who abide in Christ are very concerned with obeying Christ. I think that might be worth saying again. Those who abide in Christ are very concerned with obeying Christ, and that abiding empowers and fuels their obedience. Now, some of you might want to say, I I still think that's legalism. That's what I've been taught. That's what I've been taught. I've been taught it doesn't matter how, how you live. All right. I believe that you're a very, very smart person. And let's just think about this for a second. Just just think about this for a second. Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross in your place in your for your sins for you to continue to living in ways that are contrary to the way he says to live? I mean, that's just silly. That's just silly. Dare I say if you don't care about living the way Christ would want you to live, that's not evidence that you're free. That's more evidence that you have rejected Christ, not that you have received him as your Lord and Savior. Now, you may have said a prayer, but you'll know the difference is in the way you live your life and in the way you think. Romans 8.1 says this, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. To which a lot of people will say, praise the Lord. That, that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. Now, my version continues and says this. You have to keep on reading. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. You see, what is a characteristic of someone who is in Christ Jesus? They don't walk. Their way of life is not according to the flesh, not according to their sinful nature, but according to the Spirit, according to the word of the Lord. Some people will fight back, the pushback. I can feel it already. I can feel it already. I'm about grace, Pastor Jim. I'm about grace, Pastor Jim. Me too. Me too. Verse we cite often, love it. Titus 2, verse 11 and 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation 
has appeared to all men, teaching us that. Now, let's stop right there. Some people today, and there's a lot of it around the church, in what we call hyper-grace teaching, teaches that it really doesn't matter how you live your life because God will forgive all your sins and God will give you the desires of your heart. No connection to the fact that we live our lives in response to God. No connection to the fact that the desires of our heart as followers of Jesus and as a result of studying his word is his desires become our desires. It's really just one big appeal to covetousness and, and doing what you would like to do. But the Apostle Paul says that the grace of God, verse 12, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age. That's what grace teaches us. Grace does not teach us, they call it greasy grace, that we do whatever we'd like. So it's so important for us to see that the effect of Christ's love for us and being filled with that love will dramatically change us, dramatically change us. The experience of the love of Jesus produces in us obedience that is joyful and not a painful burden. And if you're full of the love of God and the joy of God, if you don't know, you'll have to experience it for yourself, obedience will actually become much easier. Now, there's still indwelling sin. There's still some things we're gonna have, we're gonna need to depend upon God for. And you say, I wish you would take it all away. I actually kinda don't. Because if the Lord took away all of our indwelling sin, what would you need him for? And so indwelling sin, although we don't like it, it still keeps us on our knees. It still keeps us repenting. It still keeps us coming back to God. But remember, we talked about this last week. First John 5, 3 says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. Why are they not burdensome? If we are filled with the love of God, if we are abiding in him. And, and what we receive in return for our obedience is the constant awareness of the Lord's approval. Remember we said in an earlier study, do you actually believe that God could be pleased with you? Simple little things. Simple little things. Students, you're tempted to cheat on a test and you want to go look at the paper next to you and the Lord says, keep your eye on your own paper. And you don't even get the grade that you wanted to get. Maybe get in trouble. Maybe get grounded. No video games. No cell phone. Ah! All right? <laughs> Whatever. But the Lord's pleased. The Lord's pleased. We also, we get the constant awareness of the Lord's approval. We get the constant awareness when we're in, walking in obedience. We are getting the, con we're getting the constant awareness of his presence and the constant awareness of his pleasure. Plus, we will sense are remaining in the love of Jesus similar in a way that Jesus himself remains in the Father's love. So heartfelt obedience, willing obedience to the word of God is a fruit of a changed life. It is, it is the evidence of becoming what 
the book of 2 Corinthians calls a new creation. It is the fruit of being converted, having a converted heart and having a new heart. You say, what does that look like? Well, we'll go to one of the Old Testament examples of that, Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19 through 21. The Lord speaking says, then I will give them one heart and I will put a new spirit within them and take the stony heart out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. God says, your heart is hard towards me, but when you put your trust in me, I'm gonna take that hard heart out and I'm gonna give you a new heart, one that is soft towards me. So, so when you sin, you will become aware of it. Verse 20, that they may, what? Do what they want? No, that they may walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them and they shall be my people and I will be their God. But for those, as for those whose hearts follow the desire of their detestable things and their abominations, I will recompense, that word means to repay, their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord God. So a lot of the people of God in Israel would have said, well, we're God's people. God's like, you just can't do what you want. Take what you've just heard from Pastor Jim Kevney on Changed by Love and share it with a friend or neighbor. Encouraging words are priceless in today's world. Pastor Jim relies on your prayer and support each day to reach thousands of people just like you. You can also find other ways to team with Changed by Love on our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you can call 862-217-9686. We are called by His name to change the world and we are stronger together than we could ever be apart. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Thank you for your support and the time you spend with Changed by Love.